What's shaking cats and kittens? Rob Lee here, and today's episode of The Truth In His Art is sponsored by a new online art platform called Fire and Bliss Creative. Fire and Bliss is the first art platform that I've seen that focuses on the art of the LGBTQ plus BIPOC and ally artists exclusively. And I have to say, the pieces are amazing. Whether you're looking specifically to add diverse art to your collection, or you have a space that needs a bit of updating, every single print on fireandbliss.com has been created by a diverse, independent artist who maintains full control over their art and their profit. I worked with Fire and Bliss to curate a collection of my favorite pieces, like Somewhere Blue by Wodrich Francois. Shop my favorites at fireandbliss.com backslash truth and get 20% off your first purchase at Fire and Bliss. Again, that's fireandbliss.com backslash truth and use the code truth for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to The Truth In Us Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I have the privilege of speaking with life coach, artist, Reiki master, and the owner of Firefly Life Coaching. Please welcome Sarah Magida. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you here. I'm I'm glad we were able to get this on this nice uh, early spring. I think it's early spring. I think that's what we can definitely call it. early spring. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still March technically. You know, this is true. This is true. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, you're wearing is that you on your shirt on your? Yes, it's me on my jacket. It says I love myself, and there are pictures of me. <laughs> Of my face on it. You have a over. crown. You have a crown in there, so I feel like I that's going to come. I have a crown on my head. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. This is, this, <laughs> this is going to be great. Uh, <laughs> so I, I want to um, start off. Uh, I, you know, gave my intro, but I'm sure the intro is deeper than that. So I want to um, allow you or ask you, invite you to introduce yourself and tell us how you got started in the arts and maybe what was that first art making experience for you? All right. So, yes, I am. I'm Sarah. I own Firefly Life Coaching, which is basically just me at this point. Um, And I am a basically um, most of the time I'm a practicing artist. I do a lot of fibers art and uh, I started the arts very early, as many people do, like when I could paint with my fingers and hold crowns. And I would also sneak out of recess and daycare and everyone was like, where'd Sarah go? You know, and I was painting in the classroom and uh, my mom always said that I asked for colors. So I would be like, colors, colors. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I have I have very good memories of just being set up in front of, you know, kids, PBS TV, watching Mr. Rogers, watching Bob Ross, watching picture pages and just painting nice. like I was all set. My mom could do, go do whatever in the house. And I was just like, I'm good. And she knew that she knew I'd be like, I'm all set. I'm good. I'll just stick right here and paint. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to pop over here. I'm going to be good. Let me do my thing. You know, I don't need your mom. <laughs> I'm all set. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, with that, so that was a very young age, and you're right. A yeah. lot of a lot of people do kind of share that, and I think um, I, I look back on and, you, and since you're a listener, you probably heard this in um, one of my my previous episodes where you know doing the public speaking, doing the I guess 
masters of ceremony sort of thing. I kind of discovered when I was younger. And I guess that was my first experience in that area, though I thought I was going to be a comic book writer. I thought I was going to be a comic book artist and all of these other yeah. things. But really, it was what's the through line for me is like like telling stories and uh-huh. um, in, in helping folks tell their stories. So in that um why did you pursue art like out of um being a kid and being early and being exposed to it as um, a youngster how were you um why did you pursue art after that and what led you to like life coaching and your your work with uh firefly life coaching okay so i'll start with the art aspect because that that did come first and um With art, it's like, it's always been there. It's always been kind of like this option. It's not that it's been like the only option, but it's always been like, kind of like, you know, like a fingerprint. Like this is something that I'm, I'm always going to have. And I'm always going to have some sort of aspect of this in my life, whether I'm, you know, working a day job at a restaurant or what have you. And, you know, then I'm going to come home, I'm going to make art. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever I'm doing elsewhere, I'm going to come home, I'm going to make art. It's just a part of my life. So it's it's been so integral to just who I am as a human being. Sure. Um, and, you, and like, you know, I grew up in Baltimore, so it was always like, you know, enroll the kid in art camp. Send the kid to those weekend classes at Micah. Go to Twigs at BSA. Go to BSA, Baltimore School for the Arts and go to, you know, visual art there. And then I left the city for a while, studied art elsewhere, and then came back and finished at MICA. So, you know, then I worked at the BMA for a bit. I worked at the Visionary for a bit. I worked in the gift shop at the Walters. Um, (laughs) You know, so it's always been like, it's there and it's a part of what I do. Um, Life coaching came on, okay, so it came on early. And then I was like, never mind, this is bullshit. I'm not into it. And then it came up later. So like I'm 42. And when I was like into it as a youngster, <laughs> I was like 19, 20, 21. Sure. And I was like, ooh, what is this thing over here that's like kind of combining spirituality, kind of combining just like talking to one another and like where that journey of speaking can go and what you can realize about yourself. Um, So it has a therapeutic aspect, not to be confused with therapy, (laughs) but it does have that I'm going to talk one-on-one with a person aspect, which can sort of like run the line of therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, But it has, you know, and then it's also, it's a healing process to just like kind of empty yourself and empty all the your struggles, your challenges, your problems, and what's going to take you from that area and that, you know, mindset that may still haunt you with these things and what's going to bring you over into the life that you really want to be living. Right. And that's like, that's a beautiful part because I needed a life coach. I came to a point where I was like, I'm not doing the things I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. This is not where I want to be in life, but I don't know how to get over to B. I'm over A. I want to get to B. I want to have my life my way. And so then I then, you know, I started the journey to become a coach too, because it was so gratifying. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I find like 
you, you artist types. <laughs> no, well, us artists, I'm an artist. Uh, you know, us, us artist types, we're, we're sensitive and sometimes we need that. How do we get our S together? How do we get these things kind of in place and, you know, needing like aftercare, needing someone to be able to talk to um, and, I'm always really interested in how one navigates. And then people ask me all the time, and you, you kind of touched on it before we got started, of you're kind of doing a lot. You're doing a lot of episodes. You're getting a lot of stuff out there. And sometimes you're not aware of, all right, how can I organize this better? How can I really process and reflect? And can someone help me coach through this? But we're too, I think a lot of times, too focused on go, go, go. And then around us, Everything is crumbling, but we don't really notice it because oh, we, no. <laughs> we paint it. We're able to paint it or something. So I think I think like so is is a lot or a lot of your clients in or the the folks that you work with. Because clients sometimes sounds a little too eh. the folks that you're working with. Is it mostly creative types? What's what's that kind of comparison like, there? Life coaching for mainly visual artists. Yeah. Um, I felt like because I am a visual artist, fine artist, I fall under that umbrella. Yeah. Uh, I could relate better in, cause it's, it's not just life stuff. It's also business stuff. And it's yeah. how life things reflect over into your business. If you're ready to call your art, your business, the big B word <laughs> or your <laughs> career, or you want to step into like, you know, those words that really intimidate us creatives and us artists as like, you know, the immediate reaction is kind of like, ew, I'm not that. Yeah. I'm not, um, I'm doing projects. I do projects. <laughs> this is a new project I'm working on over here. Yeah. You know, it's not my business, but it would be nice if I got paid for it. So, so you're using the B word. I like to use the C word. Ooh, what is the C word? A calling. calling <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a being provocative. Term. <laughs> a wonderful term. Calling is lovely. Yes. But how are you when being compensated? Are you acknowledge your calling. And that also, even for me, sometimes it's like, ew, I don't. Ugh. Um, and turn a profit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to monetize every single thing that you're doing. I think that's become sort of a popular thing to do and think about. You got to scale and it. And that's uh, uh, that's just going to that's going to make you feel nuts. Yeah. You monetizing everything, that's just that's not a calling. <laughs> um yeah. monetizing and turning what you love into your business, you can use the word artpreneur, which is kind of more delicate and a little more accessible. Than entrepreneur, but monetizing what you do and what you love is, I actually think it's a way to subvert capitalism, even though it is capitalism. It's a way to um, claim what you do and what you love and what is your calling as like, this is, this is legit. Mm -hmm. This is now, this is like how I'm going to do my life and make it work. And, you know, I am going to sell certain things and I am going to open myself up to that side. And I am going to get those tax reductions for doing the things or deductions, excuse me, for the things that enrich my life and enrich my well-being. 
It, and it's important to kind of people talk about intentions. I, I feel like I was joking about doing a interview using all of the buzzwords that people say in it and it, it, those words matter and they're important and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think when we speak on like talking about intentions and what have you, it's like really setting that stuff, but really setting it in a, in a way that you can't just float through life expecting someone to kind of like supplement some of these things. You have to be able to navigate and like, for instance, one of the things I like to do if I'm if I'm able to do it, if I have a couple extra uh, ducats, it's like, all right, Art, Joe artist, Joanne artist. You need something? Let me just send you something in your cash app. You're a photographer. Let me send you some, you know, like 80 bucks for a film or something because I see the spot that I'm in and Mm -hmm. I can cover my stuff. So if I have any extra money that comes in from, let's say, a sponsor or something, you know, I could edit uh, two of my podcasts on my own instead of sending it to my editor and maybe help the community out a little bit. But at the end of the day, capitalism is a part of what that process looks like. And mm-hmm. I think we have to reconcile with it and kind of reframe it in a way, like you were saying, yeah. with the artpreneur. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Looking at it as, and it's such a big issue. It's such a big thing. And it's, it's um, you know, people refer to capitalism as a hellscape, especially for artists. Um, And the only way out of that hellscape, not the only way I've talked to a lot of people about this, but we're not living in an ideal society right now. Right. So right now, the only, the way that I use, I use capitalism is to really demand my worth and really settle on, you know, not negotiating my pricing for my art, my pricing for my coaching, Um, keeping those boundaries in place and knowing that the prices equal the ability to make more art and to eat and to pay, you know, my mortgage and to get a really cool jacket with my face on it that says I love myself all over it. You know, like the things that um, go to therapy, geez, therapy costs money. Yeah. Don't forget about taking care of yourself. Yeah, people people will say like self-care and things of that nature, but I, ultimately I look at like what is the root cause of things. Like my day job is very interesting. Like I'm a data analyst and uh-huh. so doing this on the back end of it, they they kind of serve each other of like, yeah. all right, analytically speaking, how can I make this into a process. And I kind of get down to the granularity of things, looking for root cause and things of that nature. So that affects how I think. So when someone's just like, yeah, I got a cash flow issue. I'm like, well, what's the root cause here? Because I see a lot of these self-care kind of things that you're doing that it's just a lot of travel, but nothing that is helping you, nothing that is solving that, that root issue. And coupled with that travel is... Hey, you know, I'm broke. How can I, how can I do this? And you see those two things and people don't attach those two things together. And I think you're, you're right. Where it's just like, maybe you look at therapy or what have you, maybe having some different boundaries, maybe you're undercharging. And that's where like having someone who has been in it and has been doing and making art and being able to have this approach of give me direction like you are helps. Um, so, so in that, I want to ask this question. Um, 
what within your work, and I think I have an idea, but what within your work, and you can and you can answer from each uh, sort of modal- modality that you're working within. Uh, what about your work continues to fascinate you? I love this question because there's so much out there within this um, umbrella of life coaching. And of course, of art. My God, there's so much in art. There's, art is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I think combining these in my in my life, this life coaching and this artist practice, you know, is really enriching. And there's so much, even I get, um, I've said this a bunch, like I'm still sort of squeamish about it. I'm still sort of squeamish about being like, oh, I'm a life coach and I'm into this stuff. I'm into Reiki, which is, you know, not a lot of people know what that is exactly. And it's energy work and it's tapping into source energy and channeling it through your hands. Like, what is that? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what? You believe in that? And I'm kind of like, yeah, because it started to, like, happen to me. Like, I started to, through life coaching with other people, I started to, like, really open up. And I had had a yoga practice before. I got back into my yoga practice. I got back in, you know, I got back into that, like, opening up of, all the ideas and all the life experiences and like all the um, more spiritual, more Eastern ways of thinking. um, I started to feel kind of like an opening through my arms and into my hands. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I feel like a, like a little light bulb. Like, what is this? I feel like electric. I feel like, um, and I use the analogy of like the, the woman in the fifth element when they combine all the elements together and then they finally get the last one and that's love. And then she's shooting out light from her mouth. She's shooting it out from her hands and her feet. And I'm like, I feel like that. And I don't know why. (laughs) So, you know, all these things are so fascinating and it's not just for me, you know, you practice Reiki on other people. You give them this experience as well. You don't just hold on to it for yourself. And art is like that. You're giving these experiences. You're showing, you know, an entry point into whatever your inner world is. Or you're exploring in your art what is going on politically. What is going on? What is your filter to, like, process it visually or process it through theater or writing or music? You know, so, like, all these things are, like, these deep, deep wells. Mm -hmm. And it's so wonderful to go on an exploration, go spelunking into it. Yeah. So could you describe the the impact of, of your work and coupled with that? And, and again, I think this is there, but it's more so for, you know, as I'm listening to it, I get it. But, you know, for the listeners, uh, describe that the impact of your work, whether it be like, you know, people say, hey, you've changed my life with this, man. Or, yeah. uh, and, and also, what does it reveal about your personality? And again, I, I think I have a grasp on it, but I want to allow you to, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, there is like, you changed my life. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that's like, I mean, I want that feedback all the time. Do I get it all the time? No, sometimes it's not resonating with people. That happens. Um, 
I, you know, when I, when I talk to somebody, when we're wrapping up sessions or when, um, you know, it's like the end of a program that I've been doing and, um, you know, I can see that they started at a place and they're ending at a place where things are brighter, where things are working, whatever they wanted to work on in their career or their art or their life or the intersection of the two, you know, things have improved, things have shifted. Um, sometimes we call it an energetic shift, like your energy is in a better place um, when you're exiting. You like cleaning your room and you feel wonderful about it when you're done cleaning. Cleaning yeah. your room is not the fun part. When you're done with it, and you're like, this energy is new. This energy is vibrant. I have places to go with these feelings of like newness and freshness and unburdenedness and like whatever it is. Because I, I know I'm being kind of vague about like whatever it is. Okay. Here's <laughs> no, you're fine. Maybe I'm not as vague as I think I am because I do like to th keep the people that I work with, you know, their, their issues or challenges private. Sure. So, you know, I want, I want that to be clear. Um, the funny thing it changed in me. So I remember I did this personality test. I did Myers-Briggs mm -hmm. just for funsies. <laughs> For funsies, one day I was like, okay, I'll check out what Myers-Briggs has to say about me. And this was like three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I tested, and you know, there's room for interpretation, of course, and I don't take this as the end-all be-all of anything. But I tested as an INFJ, which is the rarest. And this is like right when I got into life coaching. It They label it the advocate. Mm -hmm. And they say it's someone who's more introverted, intuitive, feeling, and this is the kicker, judging personality types. Um, you, I'm, I'm reading from it. It says <laughs> you approach life with deep thoughtfulness and imagination, inner vision, personal values, quiet. Just so like that kind of person, that more introverted person. Mm -hmm. I did the test recently just because like I saw a post on Facebook about something and I was like, okay, I want to see what's going on now. Now I'm an ENFP, which is the champion and it's way more extroverted. Oh. Um, people centered creators. Um, I'm reading it again with a focus on possibilities and contagious enthusiasm for new ideas, people <laughs> and activities energetic, warm, and passionate. ENFPs love to help other people explore their creative potential. Hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's like a total 180. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from, from the more introverted person that I was to like really stepping out. And that's what life coaching does. You really step out and you're comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. You know, because... You, I also know being an artist, you want to be seen, you want to be seen, you want to be seen. And then you're like, holy shit, I'm getting seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Ah! <laughs> ah, stop looking at me. <laughs> yeah. Keep your eyes to yourself. I want to go back in my studio right now. <laughs> <laughs> where's like, where's my happy space? Where's my bubble? Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it and I think that I always kind of fall into that innovator thing. 
uh-huh. I guess the INFJ or TJ. Yeah. Um, I'm not a feeler. I'm an Aquarius. You know, and, and the gang, the Aquarius gang, we don't. We don't really feel. <laughs> We're I'm not the emotion. Sure about that. <laughs> uh, well, we don't feel in that or traditional sense. Or you're not sense. acknowledging that you feel. Uh, <laughs> that, that's essentially me feeling. Uh. <laughs> but I, but I, you, you hear that I hear the thing of being being closed off in that way. But definitely uh, having that big picture vibe and kind of thinking so far ahead yeah. and not really seeing those intermediate steps. For better or worse, that's that's pretty much me, and yeah. I, I see it. I see it all the time. But I think once you're you're dipped in it, and there are certain skills like in, in doing this, I am shy. I am not a um, work the room kind of networking kind of guy, but. I can manage different personalities. I can have conversations like this and be able yeah. to go through it. But if we were to meet in a different capacity, like in person, like, oh, sir, over here, Where, where's my, where's my corner? And so I think like it gives the vibe, it gives the, uh, it gives the impression that, oh, no, no, you, you're great with all of this. It's like, it's an act. <laughs> it's, a, it's a complete act, not fake, but it's, a, it's an act. And I, I'll say like being, supremely confident in this area, that's the way I'm able to shift it versus this isn't networking. This isn't a conversation. This is me podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. It's you telling the story and it's well within your comfort zone for telling a story. Yeah. Can I like, please say what I'm seeing with you, please. Okay. So like you, Mr. Lee, (laughs) you started this conversation talking about, um, be, well, when we talked about when we started this sort of work, sure. both of us, yeah. and you mentioned comic books and storytelling yeah. and sort of like MC master ceremonies. And then you also mentioned, and I like to tell people's story. Like mm-hmm. I like to do that. So you're, you're kind of, you're working within your parameters mm-hmm. still. And you're like, okay, I don't want to be like Mr. Happy Sunshine skipping down the street, you know, talking to everybody, high-fiving everyone. You know, that's just not you. That's just not you. Maybe not every day. Maybe you have your days when you're like that. You're like kissing all the babies and you're like, hey, come on my podcast, you know, things like that. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's not what you fall back to, like what, who you feel you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who you feel you are is like this great storyteller, this great, like, um, I want to say, like, you know how you go to like a folklore fest and someone's telling stories like that kind of like, like the, the griot kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That like journey of the story journey of the like letting people have some some sort of soapbox. Yeah. Some sort of soapbox. Like, this is a podcast. People are going to listen to it. People are going to hear it. People are going to sit down or do whatever while they're listening. And that fits within your comfort zone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's how you're connecting with this need to, like, for this, it's be heard. And that's and that's always been a been a thing or what have you. Um, even in other things that I've done, um, other podcasts I've done, I always look at that, or even projects like I'm, I do the movie screening thing, and it's like, hmm, 
I want people to be aware of these things. I want people to know about these things. And that's the, that's that thing I've identified that fills it up. And it's just like, people don't know anything about like, like, like Baltimore, what have you. It's like, Oh yeah. yeah. Baltimore is this. It's like, you're probably wrong. Let me tell you about it. And let me, <laughs> and, and let me have people get on that can really give you uh-huh. the, the real deets about it. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't like be- people being misinformed. And, um, mm-hmm. and I like being able to share like interesting things that I know. So in that. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. In, so in that, I got a question for you right here. That, okay. Uh, <laughs> and this is actually the last real question I have um, before um, I get to these rapid fire ones, which are not real questions. They are fake. They're bad questions. <laughs> right, they're, fun. <laughs> they're fun. They're fun questions. Um, okay. So this is one that I came up with recently as I was, you know, describing, I retooled some of my questions. Um, how do you embrace your strangeness? Um, those qualities that make you unique to your field, whether it be art, whether it be life coaching, um, how do you, em- you embrace that that strangeness? And that it comes directly out of a Robert Greene book. He's like, don't lose your strangeness. And it happened to be, it was the Daily Laws, and it happened to be um, the law from my birthday week. And I was like, no, I got to write this question down. This is a good question. Awesome. I think strangeness is the most important thing. Don't lose it. I I think I used to be all uh, really worried about how weird my art would be mm-hmm. and um, how it would be received. And I think strangeness in art or uniqueness or whatever is setting you apart from anyone is so much your superpower and so much... Um, what's going to light you up and like that's what makes you this sort of beacon you know this sort of like um that's your magic you know don't dim that light embrace your strangeness give it a big hug (laughs) it's you know it's doing something right for sure and you know that's that's what lures people in that's what lured me into being on this podcast i was like oh truth is in the art yes it is what a great name (laughs) Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you. I, yeah. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you reading me a little bit there. I, I agree um, with what was said as I, <laughs> as I stroke my beard. Um, so, so thank you for that. And um, all of the goodwill that we've developed over this 30 plus minutes here, I'm going to get rid of all of it now with these questions. Um, so Do it. I hope you're ready. Bring it on. <laughs> so first question, um, and these are rapid fire. Uh, okay. so, so I can just like yes, no them? You can or? yes, no. However briefly you can get, get if you need to add extra detail, that's fine. But, you know, <laughs> uh, favorite book? Mm, I read I so much. <laughs> My God, you started off with the most difficult question. I really like Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Okay. Okay. That's my favorite this month. Mm, noted. Not a big reader, voracious reader. <laughs> uh, preferred mode of showing appreciation. Is it a clap, a snap, a whistle, thumbs up? Do you just laugh? How do you show appreciation for something? I yell really loud. Really? I have a specific yell. I don't know if I can do it on this pet. Wow. That's me. That's yeah. me in the audience. You know, okay. that. that's the, that's Sarah. She did it. <laughs> I, I, I like to have fun in anything I do, so I'll I'll uh, create a voice that's not quite mine. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and just it's like, 
that might be Rob or it might be a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're, you're bugging on me. Uh, and also, if, if I find something really funny, um, I my the laugh, my, when I'm actually really deep into a laugh, it's not great. It's like it's like I'm sweating. My veins in my head are just out. It's like, come on, man, you're gonna croak. Uh, <laughs> so with that, this is a nice segue, and this is just me showing off at this point. What is something that, without fail, will make you laugh? Oh, I am such. Um, I'm a. I'm such a sucker for um, fart jokes or like scatological humor <laughs> wow wow it's like why don't you grow up and i'm like no like no interest no interest in growing up no interest none yeah i got none. Some, i got it's some like, gems for you then make me laugh without fail i'm sorry it takes me right back to middle school or whatever i was doing um i'm a silly person connect to that silliness of I, being I, young and laughing at Poop jokes. I, I like unexpected wordplay. Ooh, are you a punner? I'm a big punner. Oh. So I, I went to see uh, the new Dune yesterday, and uh, my my partner, my girlfriend, she was just like, "Yo, why does Jason Momoa look a little chunky?" And I was like, "Maybe he's Duncan Hines, Idaho." She's like, "Will you stop?" I was like, "A little too much cake." No, all right then. That's so punny. It's very punny. Um, to, very to the funny. degree I call myself big pun on occasion. Oh yeah. my! Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, it gets bad. I don't bad. know about puns sometimes. Oh, it gets bad. <laughs> it gets bad. It gets bad. It gets very, it's very bad. Very dad jokes. Sorry. Uh, I, I mean, I'm 37, so this is just where sorry, I'm at. Sorry, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, her her son. He'll look at me. He's like 22, and he's got like the really great deadpan like sense of humor, oh, and. Yeah. He'll, he's like, ah, is he going to keep going? Like He'll be talking about me. He's like, come on, don't get him started. Please don't get him started. He's <laughs> not going to stop. And then it, it, on occasion, it's like half of them are, all right, that's inappropriate. That's really funny. And then the other half is like, come on, man. You're just filling in the airtime at this point. <laughs> um, what is your, and I think you touched on it. What is your most marked characteristic? Um. I'm going to say, and this is so external, but it's so me, uh, my my keen fashion sense. I noticed. Yes. A lot of you on yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah on bright Sarah. Bright colors, bright patterns, um, you know, like the tights with the leopard print, with the stripes, with the funky, chunky necklace, with the weird haircut, with the dyed hair, with the, that's always been me i think since like i was 14 you know it's always gonna be me i'm gonna be quite the eccentric old lady i like that you can stay tapped in with like and i and i think that that goes to creativity at times where when you can stay tapped in with who you were and that remains mm -hmm. who you are because as you get further away from it like that un mm -hmm. That un it's not a word, but that unegoed, that unegoed, that un um touched, like that innocent creativity. I think when we're when we're still tapped into that, we can kind of tap into something to be able to create broader and wider. And I think as we start to get any degree of like any modicum of like fame or 
uh, um, notoriety or even having an ego develop, we get further away from it. So I like that you're still like tapping into that. Like, oh, this is what I used to do when I was like 14 or this is how I used to dress. Yeah. In a way, it keeps me grounded. I mean, as as like funky and out there is my, my quote unquote keen fashion sense, it keeps me who I am. Mm-hmm. It keeps me like I am I am not a beige person. I am not <laughs> I am not Ralph Lauren. I am not, you know, a preppier, more toned down person. That's that's just not me. And it keeps me tapped into who I am. Yeah. I like the way you said it though. No, thank you. Um, it's hard for me to do that. I, I like to try to balance uh, the fact that I'm I'm six four, so mm-hmm. that's a thing that I naturally I'm just going to stick out. Like, who is the monster with the microphone walking around? Oh. So I'll wear beige to try to do this juxtaposition kind of thing. You're like, I'm not tall. I'm short. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I talk to people, I sit down. It's like, yeah, let me let me run a like if I'm doing that, that like telling stories. Let me run a let me let me spin a yarn for you guys while I'm sitting on the floor. <laughs> um, this is the last question. I guess. Can <laughs> I ask you? Is that embracing your strangeness? Um, my strangeness, I think, is my sense of humor. And ah. um, if I can crack somebody, I was like, all right, I'm going to keep trying to. I'm going to keep like embellishing upon that. Um, mm. I like, I just happen to be big. I don't really like being big or really live in that. That's just the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and when someone's like, Hey man, you're tall. Can you reach that for me? I was like, sure. That's, you know, duty as a tall person, I guess. But I don't like, yeah, big dog in the house makes a space. I don't, I can't do that. I try to get that out of people's way. Like you. No, 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 <laughs> but, um, I could see, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, what does his fashion need now? <laughs> like, it's literally. I could see you in like a cool, like funky pattern button up shirt. I think, I think you could rock that. I, I do. I have one that I pull out of the closet. I haven't worn in a little okay. while. It's orange and black and it's got like swirls throughout. I was like, this is, this oh, is fire. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Kind of um, owning it, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, it's kind of like a size thing sometimes too. It's like, yo, I can't mm. find the thing that I want, and that my partner is like, she's five two and she can wear like everything, and she likes to wear the ridiculous stuff. And I'm like, huh, she got angel wings on the day. I say, all right, cool. This is what we're doing. And I'm like wearing like <laughs> a little bit actually. I was yeah. like, look, I hate it. I hate it. You look great in it, but I hate it. Uh. Where's my Carhartt shirt, you know? <laughs> uh, so this is the last question I got for you. Um, mm-hmm. Describe, um, however deep you want to get on it, describe your um, favorite journey, like a place that you've gone to or a activity that you've done, because I think journey has a few different interpretations. Um, describe that, however deep you want to get into that, and this is where we're going to wrap up. So I'll go with the freshest one in my mind. Um, cause I just came back from Puerto Rico and it was awesome. And my only expectation of the trip was to get out of the winter in Baltimore. So I was like, okay, warm. I want to go somewhere warm. Just send me somewhere warm. I will be happy. <laughs> and we get there and this was, this ended up being like a family trip with my mom and my sisters and my husband. And we get there and it was just like, whoa, whoa, this is 
beautiful. <laughs> this is, and I'm so one for just like wandering around the city yeah. and just taking it all in. And we were in old San Juan. Amazing. Beautiful, beautiful architecture. Amazing. Right by the water. We stayed in this amazing inn. We didn't, you know, there's so many things we didn't know would be amazing. And then you go there like this inn. it was called like the gallery Inn. it was owned by an artist. All her castings, old castings from sculptures were there. So many paintings, not just by her, like this elaborate carved wooden furniture, uh, like a small pool with a wall with orchids growing, you know, like just like the over, over the top of creativity, parrots, little lizards. <laughs> um, then we go to the rainforest. We go to the bioluminescent bay. There are three bioluminescent bays in Puerto Rico. Wow. You should know about that because it's amazing. The truth in the and, island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we go to a smaller island called Culebra. We go to a different beach basically every day. Got to swim with sea turtles. I mean, it was like everything was magic and everything was beautiful. And it was just like, boom, boom, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> and, and so that it it was wonderful. And it's like, why does anybody live on mainland US? I don't know. When things like this exist and they're amazing. And but now, you know, I'm back home. <laughs> So, so there, we, there you have it. Um, I want to, yeah. um, I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast and sharing a bit about so your work. You. Absolutely, thank you. Um, and uh, I want to invite you to tell the fine folks where to uh, check you out, your work, and um, get some coaching if they're they're doing a creative thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love supporting Baltimore artists. We're all we're all important. We're all yes. important here. And um, you can get in touch. My website, firefly-lifecoaching.com. Feel free to follow me on Instagram, firefly underscore life underscore coaching. Um, I'm even on TikTok these days, which I'm still feeling out, um, figuring out what's going on on that um, platform. Visit me on Facebook. Send me a message all for chatting find out more about me find out more about you rob please. absolutely yeah so yeah. I'm, gonna wrap, I'm gonna wrap up there um so for the great sarah Magida, i am rob lee saying that there is art in and around baltimore and you just gotta look for it <laughs>